Hey everyone, welcome back to Sprint Race. My name is Emma Ridgway and today we're going to be continuing our coverage of the Formula E season. Round 5 has just finished and this time round Formula E made its debut in Cape Town. Now for anyone who was there on the ground, just know that I am incredibly jealous. The backdrop of the sea, the city, the mountains, and the race itself wasn't too bad either. So let's get into it. The day started off a little bit interestingly because there was an incident in qualifying which to me could have been avoided. And that was the incident regarding Eduardo Mortara and Sam Bird. Now, Mortara had uh, a bit of an incident. He lost control of the car, hit the wall, spun out, and was essentially stuck in the middle of the track. For some bizarre reason, there were no flags when Mortara crashed out. And this resulted in Sam Bird, who may or may not have seen the debris in the car, crashing into the back of Mortara. Now, not only could this have been avoided with some yellow flags, but it was also incredibly dangerous. I hope that this is just a one-off, but uh, that meant that Sam Bird couldn't even start the race because his car was too damaged. The two cars who were fighting for pole ended up being Nissan's Sasha Fenestras and Maserati's other car, Max Gunter. I don't think many people would have predicted this to be the front row lineup. Both drivers had never been on pole before, and in the end, it went to Sasha Finistras. Not only had he at that moment set the fastest ever Formula E lap record, but he was also the youngest ever driver to sit on pole in Formula E. Now, I don't know what it is about pole sitters at the moment. We've had it a few times this season already, but particularly the last race and this race, where the pole sitter has unfortunately gone on to crash out of the race. Poor Sasha Fenestras had to live the roller coaster that Mitch Evans suffered in Hyderabad, from the highs of pole to having a disappointing race all in the space of one day. But mistake aside for Fenestras, I think it's really great to see a young driver come into Formula E and challenge for the front. And up until that point, he had a pretty strong race. He was very unlucky with losing a place to uh, Max Gunter on the full course yellow, the first full course yellow. When I watched that live, I thought that Gunter had made an unfair advantage. I felt like he took advantage of the, you know, the car slowing down and essentially jumped a place. It took the stewards room a long time to announce that they were going to investigate this. And actually, I don't know if they did this on purpose. Um, I mean, you know, props to them if they did, because it was very comedic. But it actually flashed up on the screen about 10 seconds after Fenestras had crashed. And so the incident just became irrelevant. The delay in investigating that, or at least announcing that they were investigating that, plus the no yellows, or at least you know, no red flag when Mortara had crashed, it wasn't the best weekend in terms of general management in that regard. And I feel like those are fundamentals that the sport needs to get right. I know that this is a rarity, but it, it didn't look good. 
A note on the safety side, so Mahindra pulled both of their cars just before the race today and as well as the ABT cars as well due to uh, an apparent issue with the rear suspension. Now, to me, it's, you know, if there's a safety concern, then of course it's the right decision. But my question is, have they been carrying this issue for the first four races? And will they get it fixed in time for Sao Paulo in a month? I think that they will, um, but a bit of a disaster, really. Now, with all of the mistakes and the dramas that was going on on track, the safety cars, the full course yellows, who are you going to call to make the most of mistakes from the front? Well, it happened to be not one, but three drivers, the same three, in fact, who were battling for the front last time around. Nick Cassidy, Antonio Felix da Costa and Jean-Éric Van. This time around, starting off, it was Nick Cassidy leaving, but I felt like you know, it was only a matter of time before he was going to lose that front position. And when he did, oh my goodness, there was no stopping the overtake. Da Costa made one of the most gutsy overtakes I've ever seen in Formula E. It was flat out and the gap was, I mean, he was millimetres from being squashed between the wall and Cassidy. Credit to Cassidy as well. I think he put up a fight, but there was very little stopping it. But that didn't make the overtake any less incredible. Now, at this point, it was to cost us to lose. We know that the Porsche powertrain is exceptional at um, having a lot more energy at the end of the race than those cars around it. And it was no different. He pulled away. He was about 1.7 seconds in the lead from Nick Cassidy. Jean-Eric Vaughan was just overtaking Cassidy as well and was starting to catch up. He had one attack mode left. He took it, came out in front of Vaughan. Job done. That's it. He just needs to get to the end now. Only he didn't hit all of the sensors on the attack mode. It was invalid and he would have had to take it again. Only, unfortunately for Da Costa, he's now got Jean-Éric Verne on his tail. It was done. Um, unfortunately, he had thrown away a win. And then it played out as, as predicted. He had to take the final attack mode. Only this time he lost a place to Jean-Éric Verne, who took the lead. And I'm thinking, well, you know, Jean-Éric Verne is going to put up that wall again. He's going to make that car as wide as possible. And we're going to get another five laps of the Jean-Éric Verne Defense Masterclass. That was until, again, Antonio Felix da Costa made an identical overtake move on Jean-Ari Verne in the exact same place that he overtook Cassidy. And oh, when I say that I held my breath, there was a gap from the camera where they go into the corner, they were side by side, and then you sort of cut to where they're coming out of the corner and there's like this split second delay of, are they going to make it? Are they actually going to emerge from this corner or have they both gone into the wall? And when they came out of the corner, Da Costa was in front. And again, on the replay, it was an incredible lunge between the wall, the closing wall and Jean-Eric Verne. It was Hollywood, like the doors closing, you know, our protagonist has got a split second to get out before the doors shut. That's how it felt. And so I take my hat off to Da Costa. So we had another dramatic end to a race and 
again, I think it was a success. The whole weekend was a success. The crowd was sellout, 25,000 people, and that's not even including the ones who watched it from their balcony. And there was a lot of them. And so whilst the on-track action is superb, uh, the backdrop of the settings, the surroundings are amazing. There are still a couple of things regarding you know, this new gen car. I think a couple of people are struggling with overpower. We obviously saw some suspension issues with Mahindra and there was some marshalling and steward related questions, I'll say as well. And I hope that those are fixable, especially now that we have quite a big gap. We have a month now until the next race. But as a fan, as someone who you know, is not just looking into the details of it, but also for its entertainment as well, to answer the legendary Maximus Decimus Meridius question, I was entertained. I was very entertained. So, yeah. So just under a month now until the next race in Sao Paulo. And I'm delighted to say that I am getting on a plane and I am flying to Sao Paulo and I'm going to see these Gen 3 cars on the track with my own eyes for the first time. I am extremely excited. So in terms of Formula E, my next episode is going to be in a month's time after that amazing race. I know it will be great in Sao Paulo. But you will hear from me before then, because I'm going to be making an episode after the very first Formula One race of the season. Yes, Formula One is back and the testing has just concluded. And in all honesty, no surprises. Kind of everything I thought it would be. No, no crazy stories. Yeah, kind of feel like that's pretty much how the first race of the year is going to go. So, but you will hear from me then. And so, until next time, as always, thank you very much for tuning in.